If you have your Bibles, your Bible apps, cell phones, iPads, whatever you got, turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 3. That's the one right before 2 Peter and before 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 3. Verse 15. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. This is what I want to talk to you about this week. This is discipleship. This is discipleship. Be prepared, be ready at any moment, at every moment, to share what Christ has done. What is that hope that you have, that you carry? Too often, we are way too excited about sharing every bad thing that happens to us, right? You see it. I read the tweets, you know, the Twitters, what are they called? The tweets. I read the tweets. The Facebook posts, I do it. I'm a part of it. You know, oh, some idiot. Yeah, just outpitched the Cleveland pitchers. He's a moron, and I hate him. My life is horrible. This is happening, that's happening. Too often we read people's posts who are celebrating the victories that Christ has done in their lives, and we go, oh. I don't want to read that. That's too long. Right? Delete. But somebody starts off with, you are not going to believe what somebody said about me. I will read four and a half pages to find out what's going on there. You know what I mean? A recent survey of discipleship journal readers ranked their areas of greatest spiritual challenge. Some of these, they're going to fit with, with what you think about you, all right? So here's what I want you to do. As I read these, I want you to place those where you think they are in your life. Number eight, we're going to go top eight, eight to one. The number eight greatest spiritual challenge in their life, number eight is lying. Number seven is gluttony. Number six Envy. Number five, there's a two-way tie for five. Anger and bitterness and sexual lust. It's funny when you say sexual, all the youth go, what? <laughs> Number four, the fourth greatest spiritual challenge, according to this survey, is laziness. Number three, self-centeredness. Number two, pride. And number one, materialism. Materialism. They asked them, so give me two reasons why you think it is that you struggle with these things. And the top two reasons were, I have neglected my time with God, and I'm just tired. 
I've neglected my time with God and I'm, I'm just tired. When they ask them, when you are successful at resisting these temptations, what are the things that you think, how, what, would the things that, what would they be that you would list that has helped you be successful? 52% said, I am accountable to somebody. Somebody checks on me. Somebody talks to me, emails me, texts me, finds out how my day is going. 66% said, it's my Bible study. It's my Bible study. 76% said, I just avoid compromising situations. Those things that have been pulling me into the temptation, I just avoid those. I've cut them out of my life. 57%, I'm sorry, 84% said they accomplish it just by praying. When I get into a moment like that, I pray. 84% said it's been successful. But the truth is we all struggle. We all fight some temptation. We all justify to ourselves why we don't have to live as holy as the other people do. We all have searched for classes, churches, small groups, whatever, that fit the style of Christian life that we would like to live. Not necessarily what God has called us to. We all want to be good Christian people. But very few of us are disciples of Jesus Christ. It's simple to become a Christian. It really is. It's a choice. It's easy. The hardest thing you will ever do in life is become a disciple of Jesus Christ. It's the hardest thing you'll ever do. Which is why the majority of us just don't. Just don't. Discipleship is difficult. It's really, really hard. Which is why Jesus told us, you will have to give up your life. Turn with me, if you will, Mark chapter 8. We're going to read a few verses. It's up here on the screen if you want to read it that way. The first step of being a real disciple of Jesus Christ, the first step of being not just a Christian, but a disciple of Jesus Christ is this. A real disciple puts Jesus first. A real disciple puts Jesus first. Mark chapter 8, verses 34 through 38 say, Then he called the crowd to him, along with his disciples, and said, Whoever wants to be my disciple, here you go, here it comes. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny, what? Themselves. Take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will do what? will lose it. 
And whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will what? Will save it. What's Jesus doing here? He's teaching you salvation. Right? We throw that word around like crazy, and we connect you becoming a Christian with you having salvation. That's how we plug you in. You become a Christian, you're saved, you're good, you're ready to go. What Jesus is saying is, you become a follower of me when you lose yourself. When you're willing to give up everything for me, then you become a disciple. When he called his few disciples that he actually called by name, do you remember what he said? Follow me. Follow me. And the Bible teaches us what those guys had to give up in order to do that. These aren't just words. This is real. And the difficult part about this in our own lives is that's the part we don't want to do. That's the part we don't want to do. I want to become a Christian. I don't want to give up my life. I want to become a Christian, but I don't really want to give up the way that I live life. I want to do the things the same way that I do now. If I have sex outside of marriage now, once I become a Christian, guess what? I still want to have sex outside of marriage. My wife and I were looking at statistics this week between Christian uh, teenagers, 18 to 24, and those that are outside of the church, non-Christians, 18 to 24. And do you know that the statistics are almost the exact same? The majority of Christian teenagers believe in order for you to have a successful marriage, you have to move in and have sex with your partner way before you ever get married. They believe that. It's one thing to say I'm a Christian. It's a whole other thing to become a disciple of Jesus Christ. Discipleship is hard because it's going to cost your time. It's going to cost your money. It's going to cost your pride. Discipleship is hard because you are going to have to give up time to do it. And that is the one thing, other than money, that we hold on to the hardest. I don't want to give my time to the church. Martin Luther said, a religion that gives nothing, a religion that costs nothing, and a religion that suffers nothing is a religion that is worth nothing. If your discipleship in Jesus Christ doesn't cost you anything, it's worth nothing. And that is the moment where you really need to start fearing where you are in the eyes of God. Because what God says is you're either hot or cold. If you're in the middle, what am I going to do? Puke you out of my mouth. You're either hot or you're cold. If you're in the middle, if you're going to church every single Sunday because you think, or Saturday night, because you think that that is what's going to get you to heaven or that is what's going to keep you safe 
or that's going to keep me in the right direction. What Jesus is saying to you is, I want you to learn discipleship. I want you to become a disciple of mine. And it is in that moment that I will change and mold who you are. You really want the Holy Spirit to begin to work through you and your family and your generations that follow you? Become disciples in Jesus Christ. And allow the Holy Spirit to begin to turn you and mold you and churn your generations after you into a people that he has called you to be. That's when it starts to get exciting. You have to put Jesus first. A recent survey by the Gallup polls revealed a startling trend in our culture. According to Gallup, the evidence seems to indicate that there are no clear behavioral patterns that distinguish Christians from non-Christians. We all seem to be marching to the same drummer, looking to the shifting standards of contemporary culture for the basis of what will become our acceptable behavior. That is why it hurts. That's why discipleship hurts. Because what we have for so long dictated to our kids and to ourselves is acceptable behavior is not. It's not acceptable for you to be selfish. It's not acceptable for you to give no time to your church. It's not acceptable for you not to give money to your church or to your ministry or to whatever you feel like funding. It's not acceptable. It's not acceptable. The world will tell you it is. Your heart will tell you it is. But true discipleship will cost you. Real discipleship, number two, follows the teachings of Jesus. John chapter 8, verses 31 through 32 says this. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. If you hold to my teachings, then you are my disciples. A Barna poll recently said 20% of church members, 20% go to church very seldomly. 20%. 35% of churchgoers admit that they never read their Bibles. 35%. 40% admit that they've never given any money to the church. 40%. 60% have never given any money to any mission or the church. 70% said they've never and do not have any plans to assume any responsibility whatsoever within the church. 70%. 85% have never invited anyone to church. 80 5%, and here's the big one, 95% of church-going Christians have never prayed the prayer of salvation with anybody. 95%. 95%. Now, we can all internally ask ourselves where we stand in those numbers. This is why discipleship is hard. 
Because every single one of these attributes fall in discipleship. Every single one of them. Jesus says, in order for you to be my disciple, you really want to make a difference? You really want to shake this world up as he told his disciples before he sent them out? Follow my teachings, and you will find freedom. All those things that chain you down, that bind you up, that you fight with, that you tweet about, that you Facebook about, the things that are destroying you, Jesus says you will find freedom. Because what's so important and value to you before you become a disciple of Jesus Christ, once you're walking that path and God is showing you new things and developing new things in your heart, you realize it's not so important to me. That thing that I thought held such great value that once I attained it, once I got it, I thought my family would have some standard above everybody else. Well, guess what? It doesn't happen because the world lies to you. And what Satan tries to tell you is that all these things can fill you and complete you and make you whole. And what Jesus says is you want real freedom, lose yourself in me. Become my disciple. That's when you'll experience freedom. Then you'll know what it means to live in the truth and not a lie. Finally, number three, real discipleship takes every opportunity to share Jesus. Real discipleship takes every opportunity to share Jesus. This is hard, y'all. This is rough. Matthew chapter 28 Verses 18 through 20, then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Those last two statistics that I read you from that Barna survey are frightening for the church. And let me tell you why. Because the church grows through you. Not the pastor's preaching. Not the best teacher's teaching. They may help you to grow spiritually, but the church grows in who you reach out to. And if those numbers are true, and I have no doubt that they are, then we are in a scary situation. Because it is essential for us to become disciples of Jesus Christ so that through his changing of you, showing you, molding you, you can become salt to this earth, real lights in the world. People will wonder what is said in Peter, where that hope comes from. 
Because unlike all those people around you who are devastated at every fart in the wind, excuse me, you will have a hope. You will know that in the roughest trials and tribulations, you have freedom. And that is the truth. And that is what people seek. They can lie to you right to your face and say they don't, but they do. That is what fills the empty hole in all of our souls. That nothing else can accomplish. No job, no paycheck, no vehicle, no home, nothing your kids do, nothing your spouse does, nothing will fill that hole except for Jesus Christ. Because that is the hole that desires and longs for a God who gives true freedom from this world. Why are we talking about discipleship? Because in these next few weeks, we're going to be talking about what our church is going to have to do in order to reach the potential that God has called us to reach. In order for that to happen, we have got to become disciples of Jesus Christ, not followers who gathered together on Saturday nights because, well, quite frankly, in my case, I like watching football on Sundays and sleeping in. Right? That ain't it. Because what people are going to be attracted to is not Greg's long goatee and my good looks. What, what people are going to be attracted to is Jesus Christ. We cannot be afraid to become disciples of Jesus Christ. We cannot run away from becoming disciples of Jesus Christ. We have to begin to look for those things in our lives. People, I'm telling you right now, we have to find the places in the church, in this church, where you can serve. I can list 10 for you right now. We have to find the places where you can serve. And it's not good enough to say, I kind of want to do that. You have to grab it and run with it. That's your ministry. If it's setting up chairs and tables, if it's like Avery did today, saying I want to run the sound system, if it's teaching in the children's or holding the babies during service, if it's working with the youth, if it's whatever it is, that is your ministry. It is there that you will give time. It is there that you will have to give money. It is there that you will serve and become a disciple of Jesus Christ. And here's the hard part. You are going to have to share Jesus outside of this place. You are going to have to invite people to come here, to come to your small group. You're going to have to put the church, put God's mission for you, above your free time. Becoming a disciple is difficult because it costs you. And that's why so many of us refuse to do it. And we live, whether we want to admit it or not, lukewarm.
warm Christian lives. In the last place, I'd rather be cold than lukewarm. But that's what we do. And we have begun to teach that it's okay. Because the more like the world that we are, the closer we get to letting them become part of of Jesus. But let's be honest. I don't want to introduce that part of Christianity to the world. I want, to, I want the world to become disciples of Jesus Christ. That is what they hunger for. When we talk about that church in Acts, I'm getting excited. i got to slow down. When we talk about the church in Acts, what attracted people today, and when we've talked about it before, is that they took care of each other. They, they, they fed and they gave each other clothing right off of their backs and they gave the thirsty something to drink and the people outside of the world wanted to be a part of them being disciples of Jesus Christ. What was important to those people was not that they got together in groups and partied and ate together and everything else. That wasn't important. That's what fed into that. Being a disciple of Jesus Christ is why they were there. Those things came out of that lifestyle. And so often we look at those things that came out of the lifestyle and we say, that's what we need to be at. But it's not. What Jesus is saying is, you become a disciple of me. You get to step one, and those are the things that just exude out of you. That's the church we want to be. That's where we want to be a body of believers who become disciples of Jesus Christ. Not a bunch of Christians. And it's the disciples that will attract the multitudes that God will give daily to that body. People that they can begin to disciple. We have to be diligent with what God has given us now, before God will give so much more. And it's the so much more that we look to and we say, oh, I want to be that. 